0: Over the next few minutes, you're going to learn how to talk to your squeamish eight-year-old about periods. And welcome back to Sitting in a Car. I'm Sarah Sproul, and I sit in a car each week answering a question to help you raise your confident and caring young person who respects themselves and the people around them. And the answer to this question this week comes from the courage pillar inside the Evolved Family Method. So the whole question is this. Um, My eight-year-old, and I'm reading from my book, never came into the toilet with me ever. I started a conversation once about periods and she was totally squicked out. I'd love some help. Um, So let's talk about how the courage pillar is going to help this parent have a conversation with an eight-year-old who is a little bit squicked out. And you know what? Um, The suggestions and the advice for this week is going to help most people who um, are going to be talking to their child or children. Uh, Things to do with periods, particularly if our child has a sort of body that a period might happen to eventually. The courage pillar essentially looks at how can we support our child exactly as they are, not pretending they're any different to who they are, to get the information and build the skills that they need to um, develop their body and their sexuality in a way that allows them to speak up for what they need when they're older look after themselves and keep themselves healthy. So the courage pillar, first of all, it helps us accept our child for who they are without wishing they were easier to talk to or or, um, ask more questions or whatever that is. The courage pillar also gives us practical strategies to start conversations, to work out the words to use and to create an empathetic connected environment in our family and an empathetic connected culture inside our family. So that's why the courage pillar is going to be so useful uh, to answer this question, because um, if our child is squicked out about a topic that we know they need to know about, and we have a responsibility as their parent to talk about, then the courage pillar is going to um, have our back and give us the skills that we need to make that conversation happen. What many parents would do, and I would have been among this group of parents, is if our child was squeaky or embarrassed about a conversation, then we would have thought to ourselves, you know what, Um, I just need to leave it and wait because a lot of us would be worried that we are damaging the connection we have with our child. Uh, Also, maybe we might think, well, They'll probably learn this stuff at school, so maybe it's not so important to have the conversation. Maybe we would have put it on the back burner and um, decided that we'd try it next month or the month after once our child has forgotten about it. And I understand you know, that those sort of responses to a squeaky child who doesn't want to have a conversation with us makes absolute sense. I understand why we would all think that because we weren't usually raised in families that were good with comfortable conversations about sensitive topics and we haven't um, had strong role models of how to do this well if our child is pushing back against us. In fact I'm just thinking that um, these responses that I just described about maybe waiting and feeling concerned that we weren't doing it right and somehow this is our fault. Um, are the classic signs of being a courageous but tongue-tied parent. So we are up for the challenge. We want to do it. We know it's important. And at the same time, the problem that we're facing, um, we just don't have the right words for it. We don't know um, how to get around the situation that we're in with our specific child. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about the courage pillar inside the evolved Family Method so that you understand the steps that go, take you from being a courageous tongue-tied parent over to being able to build an evolved communicating family. Let's start. Point number one, empathy is going to be the starting point for working out what to do about this situation. Um, empathy means that when we're coming into a situation with our child who feels all squicky and weird about the topic we want to talk about, we focus mainly on helping them see that we completely understand what this conversation is like for them, how squicky it absolutely truly is. Uh, we're not trying to fix who they are, we're not trying to change who they are, we're not trying to convince them to be someone they're not. We are fully embracing their experience of what it feels like for them to try and have a conversation about periods with um, us, their parent or their adult who trusts and loves them the most. So that will look like focusing absolutely and completely on what they are feeling, what they are doing, what it must be like for them. Um, I teach a skill inside the Evolve School called Naming the Elephant, where we are sort of wading into the conversation and we're saying all the things our child is probably feeling and thinking, but they're not wanting to say because maybe they are worried they might upset us. So so it could be something like, I see how um, difficult this is for you. It must feel like I'm trying to bring up all the embarrassing topics. It must seem like um, I don't want to leave you alone. It looks like, this conversation is too difficult right now. Um, I can see how embarrassing and squicky this conversation is. So I'm not giving any information. I am just piling on and on and on and on all these statements that are showing my child that I see them, I hear what they're saying, I understand what they're saying. I completely embrace their experience of having a conversation about periods with me and that experience is not positive and I wade in there and I don't try and make a light of it or say months well, actually it's not that bad we haven't you know I haven't said anything bad yet none of that none of that it's all about completely embracing and appreciating how difficult or weird this experience is for them you know empathy is the rocket fuel of listening and listening is the rocker fuel of connection. And remember inside um, the Evolve School and the Evolve Family Method, we are all about building connection. We are not having these conversations just for the sake of giving our child information or ticking a box on our parenting list. We want to connect more deeply with our growing kid and empathy is the most fundamental basic building block of connection. Step two use a sentence data that is going to help you start this conversation up again. Uh, we have six sentence starters inside the Evolve School. Um, I'm going to give you what, the one that I think would work reasonably well here. Um, it's called the circle back. And it sounds like this. I was thinking about what you said yesterday, or I was thinking about that conversation we had yesterday. Because what it does is it circles back to a conversation we've had in the past. So this parent is saying that She's already tried to have a conversation about periods with her child, and she's very clear now that her child is squeaky about it. So how could she start another conversation later on without making it feel awkward? And the circle back is one way to do that. Um, It could sound something like this. I was thinking about that conversation that we had yesterday. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized that this is the way I talked about that topic use a euphemism. That's perfectly fine. That topic that weirded you out um, wasn't the best for you. And I just wanted to let you know that I'm sorry that it didn't go as well as I would have liked it to. So you see how um, we are circling back. We are talking about the conversation that happened, but we're not actually talking about the information we want to impart. We're just talking about the experience we had. We bring it up again. Hopefully, It's a more calm, more accessible conversation for our child, Um, and then we can add on the next part of the strategy. So step three is to create collaboration. Now, collaboration is where more than one person is working together for a common goal. So if we are trying to create um, a situation of collaboration for our child to do with conversations about periods, we are gonna be You know, working with the circle back and saying, I was thinking about that conversation we had the uh, the other day, and um, it didn't go as well as I wanted to. Um, I didn't use the right words or I couldn't find the right way to give you the information you need um, that will help you look after your body as it grows up. So, what I was thinking was maybe you could help me out, right? So, we're starting to ask our child to come into um, a collaborative situation with us so they can give us some ideas of what might work for them but we need to be super clear that getting the information that's a non-negotiable thing but how the information is presented and what way our child could learn is completely up for um, for ideas and this is where we need to be super clear that yes, our child has a say, because at the end of the day, what do we want? We want our child to feel connected to us. We want them to have the information they need to support their growing up and their eventual, possibly getting a period. Um, But the third part of this is that we want this to happen in a comfortable way for our child, because we want them to be able to learn and understand the information. So they are the expert of themselves. They are the expert on themselves and it's useful for us to listen to what they have to say. So you could go into a classic brainstorming situation like you might use at work when you're trying to solve some sort of problem about everyone sits down and brainstorms different ideas and um, go into a lot more detail of that in the Evolve School. But essentially, you sit down with a common goal. You say, OK, we need to work out how you can have the best time or the easiest way of getting the information you need and we all like the two of us put all our information or our ideas down on the paper and none of those ideas are wrong they're all accepted and um, we embrace them with interest and then once all the ideas are on the page then we have a look and see well which one absolutely can't work we don't have the resources for it we, you know it's just not going to work for as a parent because it's not giving you all the information you need and then our child reduces some of them and there'll be a few left and that's when you start having a conversation well which one of these do you think will be the best when i think about negotiation it reminds me of a story to do with um, you know, I've worked in hospitals, I'm an occupational therapist, and the CAF or the lunchroom was a place uh, that we used to go and um, have a lunch together, chat and, you know, support each other. And the ho- the hospital management wanted to change the provider who was running the coffee shop. And that meant there was going to be all different sorts of food changes and seating changes and all those sort of things. Now, one of the ways they could have done that is just unilaterally appointed the food provider Um, The cafe would have changed and none of us would have got much of a say in it. And you can imagine how that affects the morale of the workplace, right? Everyone's like, oh, management doesn't care. They took away our most favorite raspberry donuts. This place is a crap place to work, all that sort of thing, as opposed to going into negotiation and say, look, we need to change the cafe provider. Um, It's making a loss or give us a reason why we're changing it and then bring the work people into consultation with well what would you like to see the cafe to look like and that way then the workforce or all us therapists and nurses and all the people in the hospital are like oh okay yeah they really care about what we think this is not a bad place to work actually they really sort of are taking our ideas into account and this is absolutely important uh, in our parenting as well we can use these strategies to make sure our child feels connected and like they have a say in some of the things that uh, make a difference in their lives. So let's recap those three points is to use empathy, to um, utilize the circle back as a technique to start another conversation, and to harness the power of negotiation and collaboration, so your child feels they have some buy-in to this whole process. Just before I go, I wanted to remind you of the other two pillars. So we've been looking about at the courage pillar today inside the Evolve Family Method. But there is also the kindness pillar that gives us all the strategies and techniques to look after ourselves when we're going through something complex. And talking about sensitive things with a squeamish child is absolutely complex. And we can't expect uh, ourselves to just be able to sort of snap our fingers and get into this straight away. That's sort of a bit of a mean ask. On ourselves, right? And then the third pillar is the growth pillar. And that gives us all the age appropriate words and phrases and topics of conversation that we can use with children of any age from zero up to 16 plus. And that means that when you have those three pillars working in tandem, then you have the way to look after yourself, the courage pillar that helps you step forward and support your child and the growth pillar that gives you what you actually need to talk about with them. And that's sitting in a car for another week where I've answered a question to help you raise your confident and caring young person who respects themselves and the people around them. Bye for now.